I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Welcome back to Dating in the Bay. Today, I have a really fun episode for you guys. Janelle is here. She's a career coach. She also works at Tinder full-time. So we're going to talk to her about all of her. She's an entrepreneur and I've really gravitated towards the work that she's doing. And so I'm really excited to feature her on the podcast today. So, you know, we're getting back into normal, quote unquote, normal life these days. And it's been such a weird little roller coaster of sorts. I was telling one of my friends the other day that, you know, we've been on Zoom for so long. But now when I'm in real life, I expect there to be the three second Zoom delay to give myself like extra brain capacity time to process what's going on. But now in real life, we don't have the Zoom delays. So it's like my poor little brains are working on overdrive all the time, trying to just react in real time. It's a lot. So hope you guys are all giving yourself a little extra kindness because it is a rough transition. One of my friends texted me this morning and she said how she was having a tough time with this whole everything's back to normal and we feel this pressure and we don't have the pandemic anymore kind of as our like our crutch of sorts to be like, oh, I guess I can't do all these things. But, you know, I think this is also a great opportunity to just choose actively what we want to do. And then what saying no to things is also a choice and being mindful of, you know, how we spend our time. Because I think if anything that the past year taught me, it's that I want my world smaller, but more intentional and purposeful instead of just doing too much and kind of overexerting myself. So yeah, TLDR, my brain is still on the Zoom three second delay. So I wonder if anybody else is feeling that, or maybe it's just a personal problem. <laughs> so. With that, we're ready to get to my conversation with Janelle. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I've been really excited for this episode for a long time. So I know you were in SF. I think that's how we got connected to begin with. And now you're in New York. So how's everything going? Yeah, so I'm splitting my time on the West Coast and the East Coast, going back and forth. My job is based on the West Coast. My family's on the East Coast. And I feel like I'm really grateful for the past year and how it's just like changed everyone's notions of what's possible for their life and how they want to live and who they want to live with and what they want to make possible, you know, for their working life, for their career, for their personal life. So it's definitely a juggle <laughs> and it's it's different, kind of like toggling back and forth between those two ways of life, the cultures, et cetera. But I'm really grateful that I get to do it. Yeah. I feel like you've also had an amazing journey and we'll get into that more. I know you work at Tinder, so I want to talk about that. But before we do that, can you kind of just give us a little quick overview about who you are and what you're all about? For sure. I am a career coach and I help millennials like us clarify their career goals and make pivots into their dream jobs. So leave unfulfilling work that maybe they kind of landed into after college or just took by default and be intentional about where they want to go, the long-term life that they want to create and figure out how work fits into that. And so along the way, I've spent my entire career in HR in various different roles within the HR world from recruiting, campus recruiting, learning and development, HR business partnership, consulting, threw in a master's in organizational behavior in there, <laughs> and have kind of taken all the twists and turns within kind of like the work psychology world to figure out how to best help people and coach people into where they want to be in their careers. That's awesome. So I know you're at HR at Tinder. Yes. 
as soon as you told me that, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, like what's what's that been like? So working at Tinder is fantastic. I made my own career pivot about this time last year where I left a job that was just like really not serving me. And that came to an end at a tricky time because it was April 2020 when we were right in the beginning of this really confusing, scary pandemic and a really rapidly changing job landscape. So that was a really scary time to be unemployed. But it was a blessing in disguise because it gave me the opportunity to take time to reflect. I wasn't in a place where I wanted to be. I knew I had more to give. I knew I had a lot of potential to put somewhere else. And that was the space and time that I needed to really decide for myself, I am going to be a career coach. I am going to take all this experience that I have doing it informally and make it real, make it a legit thing that I am helping people with every day. So I'm really happy that I had that inflection point (laughs) to make this a reality. And so that I found a full-time job that would kind of just like support the skills that I knew I wanted to continue fostering that would keep me in the HR space and keep me in touch with the type of people that I want to help. So working on the HR team at Tinder has been the best experience. The people are incredible. And granted, I started completely remote. So my entire employee experience there has been virtual, never been in an office. I've heard it's amazing. And I definitely have FOMO from what I hear my like colleagues talking about. But even the virtual employee experience has been really supportive, very positive, and one that is just like very conducive to my mental and spiritual health too. Like I don't feel afraid to ask for what I need mentally for my own well-being. And I'm just very appreciative to have found a place to work, especially in a year like this, where I'm not afraid to ask for what I need. That's huge. Yeah. And I remember we were talking about doing this episode where like, I feel like we've led parallel lives because I was also unemployed last year and at this like midpoint of just like, I don't know where I'm going. And I was laid off at the beginning of last year or what year is it? I don't even know anymore. Where are we? Yeah. (laughs) What is time? It's like a social construct at this point. (laughs) But yeah, like it's true. Like once you get time to just get really quiet and think about what you want to do, and then that's when I think the creativity and everything else comes more into focus. You're like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is like something I could actually do. So that's awesome that you did that. I took a screenshot of one of the things that you posted a while ago and I thought it was so pertinent to dating because like you you work in like coaching people on careers, but like there's so much synergy with dating. And you posted about like how to market yourself, how to authentically like, build your network and how to find companies that align with your values. And all those things when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally dating. Like how to market yourself on a dating app. Yeah. How to authentically build your network, your friend group, how you kind of expand. So I still haven't heard about your dating life. (laughs) You're not going to let me off the hook of that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to keep on circling back. (laughs) Okay, so you can tackle dating life first, but then you're right that there's just so many parallels between dating and career. And actually, I think this leads, lends itself to my story pretty well as well. So currently, definitely not dating. (laughs) There is zero dating happening in my life right now. And it truly is focusing on career business building, getting back in touch with the people who have always been in my life. So a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends are at these awesome places in their life that I want to be completely supportive of. Marriages, babies, moving, all that kind of stuff and being there with my parents as well. So no dating right now, but I did do a fair amount of dating in 2020 during the pandemic. And it was all in San Francisco and was very interesting. (laughs) So I had briefly seen someone right before lockdown. And that was kind of like my last 
in-person like, oh, let's meet up at a bar and like go on these in-person dates out in the wild. That was like the last experience that I had for 2020. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) what was the last bar that you went to? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. What was the last bar that I went to? Well, I ended up going to bars like safely during the pandemic, but like right before lockdown. Yeah, I feel like it's cemented. Okay, this is kind of embarrassing actually for anyone who lives in San Francisco. But I think the last bar I went to was Shanghai Kelly's. On oh my God. <laughs> I'm not trying to admit that, but yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> I live right by there. So it's a hop, skip, and a jump. I mean, it's, 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 it does the job, right? It does the job. Yeah. I've actually I've given out my phone number a bunch to people there. <laughs> and one time I just walked by the bar. Sometimes I give myself challenges where I'm like, I need to give up my phone number like twice today or something like silly. I love that. So I walked into Shanghai Kelly's like sober as a clam. And there was a group <laughs> of guys who were, I think were, they're playing, they're rugby players and they were all from Ireland. Ooh, and okay. so, so I just like, I was like, Hey guys, like what's up? I just walked up to them. This is so embarrassing. And then I love that about you. <laughs> like, do you want something? Oh no. I just like, I was walking by and I saw you guys in here. I wanted to say hi. And then I filled out my piece of paper because there was one really cute guy. So I was like, Oh, like I'm actually, I gotta go. I'm on my way out anyways. <laughs> I was like, here's my number. If you ever like want to grab a drink. And then literally <laughs> that night, the guy texts me. I was like, who is this? And he's like, just like, <laughs> you have to remember when you yeah, give your number out. Like, I give it out like candy. Like everybody gets my phone number. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not holding on to like, so I was, and then he's like, it's the rugby guy from the bar. And I was like, oh, and then he was like, what are you doing right now? It was like 10 o'clock. I was like, um, I'm going to bed. He's like, oh, I was going to see if you want to come over for a drink. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, Kelly, I see you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shanghai Kelly. Yeah. It, it's got its time. It's just had a time and place, has a time and place that serves its purpose. And then went on some pretty creative dates during 2020. Like during lockdown, there was a lot of park hangouts, a lot of park meetups. Dolores was like an integral part of my dating life in 2020. Lafayette Park. Yeah. A lot of park. I can't believe we never like crossed paths. I know. That's really weird to me too. Like now that we know each other, like we'll definitely see each other in passing. I'm sure when I'm in SF. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It seems like we probably, maybe we're at the same place. We didn't even know it at the time. Maybe we're on park dates on the yeah. same day in the same park and just like, didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But it's like, we're always in masks. So it's so much harder too. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what's it like? You haven't been dating recently, but I know you also lived in London. So can you tell me about, I guess, like, how would you generalize your SF dating life just overall? And then how that compares with London? And then if you've dated in New York as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've lived in New York, London, and San Francisco and during my adult life. And I think each city had a pretty unique dating landscape, or at least I had a pretty unique personal experience in each when it came to dating. San Francisco, I met super cool, interesting people who had awesome hobbies. Like everyone likes to be outdoors. Everyone's a skier. Everyone's a rock climber. Everyone's like an ultra runner. And so that was really cool to meet people who had, were very passionate about their hobbies, passionate about how they spent their time. However, I found it kind of hard to connect deeply with people that I met or people that I dated in San Francisco. It kind of just felt like the energy was just a little bit off. And for anyone listening, I am very much an East Coast girl. I was born in New Jersey, lived in New Jersey, went to school in New York City, lived in Manhattan for years. Like that's just very much my energy. And so maybe that like was kind of misaligned with folks who have been on the West Coast for a while. Amazing guys. It's so interesting you say that because I lived on the East Coast and I think it rubbed off on me. So now I have like an East Coast mentality in a West Coast world. And I think sometimes that doesn't always work the same way 
Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I would say sometimes I would say that like, I got a lot more outgoing on the West coast and like, I tried some like different scenarios that I wouldn't have probably tried elsewhere. And just like was a lot more open-minded with the people that I went on dates with the people that like, maybe I gave my number to, (laughs) I think I was just a lot more, I I was less like hindered by my own mindset. If that makes sense. I was just like, "Eh, whatever, we'll see what happens. Like I would just like, talk to someone at the gym or talk to someone at the bar, like just more so than I did in other cities. In London, everyone there was so creative. Well, I lived in like a very creative part of London, not like a posh, old stodgy London at all. It was very, it was like near central St. Martin's, which is an art school and near King's Cross. And I met a lot of very like cool, creative, independent artist type people. And I love that. I'm very, very drawn to that kind of like personality. And I would also say that everyone, I, all of the men that I dated in London were extremely kind, polite, like very much gentlemen, like a chivalry that I didn't experience in, in uh, American cities that I've lived in. But again, like not to knock anyone that I dated in London, but like it just kind of like wasn't like something was missing where I felt like, okay, you're a little too polite. Can you like be a little rough around the edges or can you like show me a little bit of like vulnerability? Can you show me like you're like edgier self? You know what I mean? And that's what I feel like I find on the East Coast. Like when I date in New York or New Jersey, like maybe it's just because that is the personality that I've grown up around for better, for worse, but just someone who's just like willing to give you the real, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like, this is me. This is unfiltered. This is what I have to offer. It's like, cool. This is me. This is me unfiltered. This is what I have to offer. Let's like, that sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. It's so much more refreshing. I think the ideal scenario for me would be to meet someone in New York and New Jersey, who had like that very like who had ties to the East Coast, who had that kind of like East Coast personality, East Coast humor, I feel like is also very unique. Like I need someone who's just gonna be like like giving each other shit a little bit here and there and like have that kind of like East Coast attitude a little bit. Like not in a bad way, but like I have an East Coast attitude, you know? Like I need someone to like meet my attitude. And I don't mean attitude in like a bad way. I just mean like the energy, the vibe, like my sarcasticness a little bit or like poking at each other a little bit the idea would be to meet someone here and then like also agree to live a West coast life together where we could like enjoy the bay, like the beautiful scenery and like the beautiful lifestyle there, but like have the individual who has like the East coast in them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. You need someone to keep you on your toes who can like match the sack. Exactly. It's like the banter. Banter is huge for me. I need, it just has to be the banter. And I feel like I kind of missed that in SF. That's, I didn't fully get that there. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your, cause you have like an entrepreneurial spirit career coach program. So tell me about how that came to be. Yeah. So like I mentioned in kind of my like personal history and my career history at the root of everything that I've done professionally has been career coaching. So whether it was on campus at the places that I've gone to school as a peer career coach, whether it was working in campus recruiting or learning and development or as a consultant or even as an HR business partner, at the root of that is coaching people on professional development, on owning their own career journeys, on getting clear on their strengths, how to apply them and how to make informed, independent decisions about what they want their career to look like. That's really been at the core of what I've done. And that's been my favorite part out of every job, title, career, position that I've held. It's always gone back to like, who am I actually helping at the end of the day? Who am I actually empowering at the end of the day? No matter what the package looks like, whether it's like 
recruiting them into an internship or a full-time job after college, whether it's bringing them through this like corporate training in this training room or on Zoom, or whether it's creating a workshop for them to connect with their peers. At the end of the day, I am empowering and coaching the individual to own their own career story. And so it really happened last year that I finally decided this is the time like, you know, you've always wanted to do this. It's always been like a little seed in the back of your head, like kind of slowly blooming, slowly blossoming with, with more experience and getting into different roles that either work for you or don't. So why not now? Like, just do it. And I want to also be really clear to anyone listening to this, that like, I didn't just do it. (laughs) I thought about it very, very hard. And there were many pro con lists. There were many conversations with my parents and people that I respect and had conversations with people who had done something similar before me to get their advice, what they wish they had done differently, any words of wisdom. And I thought about it very carefully and decided like, okay, if I want to be a career coach, I can go about it one or two ways. I'm unemployed right now. I could go back and live with my parents. I could have zero income. I could take my savings and put that towards building the business thick brick by brick, but also be living that very tight lifestyle. Or I could hang on to this as my long-term goal, keep my foot on the gas while also finding a full-time job that affords me the benefits, the lifestyle that I'm still living and is aligned with my experience, my skills, my strengths, and still is very related to career coaching. And so I took path B, (laughs) path number two, and like specifically sought out a job like the one that I have now that was directly related to what I wanted to do, made sense based on my career history and my skills and what I have to offer, but also would allow me to not live in fear and not live in scarcity when creating this business brick by brick, not make decisions based out of desperation because I wasn't making any money or because I was just like, I just needed a break. But instead, now that I have that safety net, I can make decisions that are longer plays. I can make decisions for the long game and not feel like I need to grab anything just to make it to the next month of business. Yeah, that's huge. And to bring it parallel back to dating, the same way where it's like, if you date in a scarcity mindset, where you're always like, this has to be the person like this date is everything like you're that's a crazy way to operate. But if you're like, Oh, like, I'm going to go on tons of dates, I'm going to just see what's out there. And there's no pressure on this one person to be everything. 100%. Goes such a long way. Absolutely. I feel like our mindsets when it, as it comes to like choosing our careers and choosing our partners or where we find ourselves in our dating life versus where we find ourselves in our career lives are so connected. So if you're worried or have like a scarcity mindset or mindset blocks that like, I should just stay in this comfortable job that I have, even though I hate it. And I just like am miserable every day because I'll never be able to find another job. I'll never be able to find a job that pays me this much. I'll never be able to find a job with these same benefits or with, you know, coworkers that I like. So I might as well just stay here, even though every day feels like a drag. That's so similar to folks who, who I feel for them. And they say like, you know, I'm not happy in this this relationship. I know this person isn't the right person for me, but who else would ever love me? Who else would ever want to be with me? I think I saw something the other day, somewhere on the internet in my like (laughs) daily scroll. It's like life is hard for two reasons. It's either hard because you're staying in your comfort zone or it's hard because you're leaving your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to minimize the experience of anyone struggling because they're staying in their comfort zone because it can be so difficult to leave. But personally, I would rather life be hard because I'm pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, whether that's in dating, whether that's in my career, my personal life, 
anywhere, I would rather feel like, oh, this is really hard. But I know it's because I'm trying something new. I know it's because I'm putting myself out there because I'm taking a chance on something that I really do believe could work. Yes, I love that. So good. It's so true. Because I think the more that... And it's always these incremental little things. It's not like we're always making massive progress and you're like, oh, like this is... You know, this is a, you're not looking at it being like, this is a really, really hard time. You know, it's always, always retrospective. Like, oh, that was a really, that was really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But like, it's the small steps that ultimately get you where you want to go. And so when I tell my clients is that like, you don't need to <laughs> throw out all of your past work experience and then immediately go apply for something completely different. Like, let's take the baby steps. Let's take the small steps to get you ultimately where you want to go. Like, this is the long game. And I think one of my clients just this past week said something really awesome, which is like, you don't have to move across the country. You can move to a different part of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like in your dating life, you don't have to make huge changes. You don't have to be like, I'm deleting all of the apps and like moving to a new city because like, that's the only way I'll meet anyone. I'm like moving to Denver because apparently that's where all the men are or whatever. Like, you can just start hanging out at different bars. You can start hanging out at a bookstore or you can tell a different friend that you haven't talked to in a while, hey, I'm looking to meet some new people or I'm, I'm ready to start like dating again. I'm ready to get back out there. If you know anyone who would want to like go grab a drink or maybe all three of us could hang out, let me know. Or if you have anyone in mind, let me know. If you're trying to change your career, you don't have to make this huge, massive shift. You just have to move to a new neighborhood, a different part of the neighborhood. Maybe you're in social media marketing and you want to go into product marketing. Maybe you want to go into growth marketing. Like there are so many different spaces within the space that you're currently playing in that you can experiment. And just that one small shift ultimately has a huge impact on your trajectory long term. Oh, that's so true. Especially it's like if you just swipe for 10 minutes a day, like all these little tiny things, those will get you to the goal. You're just going to be practicing these little muscles, do it over and over again. And next thing you know, you're toned. I'm, I'm not toned, but in theory, <laughs> it's like, you're it's toned. Not even that easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, mean, I think that's how it works. I, that's what I hear. Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> how can people find you and how can they uh, learn more about your coaching and connect with you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Janelle Abrahami, my first and last name. There, I share a lot of stories about my own career and the ups and downs, twists and turns that I've taken. I kind of use my own career pivot as a case study to show you different ways that it's possible for you to do something different. I share a lot of job search hacks and strategies based on my time being in HR and recruiting. And I share just like little bits of motivation and tips and tricks that you might need to know. So Instagram, and I also have a free weekly newsletter where I dive a little bit deeper into some of those stories. It's called The Audacity, which is kind of like my whole energy coming back to the East Coast energy of just like, have the audacity to make those little changes. Have the audacity to finally take ownership over your career, over your life, over the choices and your and your life trajectory. Like have a little bit of audacity around it. So that's janelleabrahami.substack.com to subscribe totally free. And oh, I'm also starting uh, a group course on Monday, which I can't believe it's finally here. So after coaching a lot of folks one-on-one -on, -one on making career pivots, changing little things up like that, I realize that I'm having a lot of the same conversations with my one-on-one -on -one clients about their mindset blocks, about getting them from point A to point B to point Z. And I really wanted to bring them all together to not only learn from my kind of like professional expertise, but also get feedback and encouragement and support from everyone else. So I started a group program called Pivot with Purpose that brings millennials and young professionals like us through the career pivot process with 
each other. So that's a 12-week group coaching program. And we're starting off on Monday. So that'll be May 17th. And round two will be happening definitely before the end of the year. So if that piques your interest and you want to make sure to know when Pivot with Purpose is starting back up, you can definitely follow me on Instagram and you'll be the first to know. Awesome. And I will say Janelle is a very good Instagram follow. She has great content. So oh, thank you. Definitely <laughs> follow. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And I figured I would leave you with a quote that I have been really enjoying. It's from Mark Groves. He has the Instagram account, Create the Love. And I was reading some of his blog posts the other day. And I really liked this one quote in particular. So I thought I would leave it with you guys just so you can noodle on it. So it says, choose yourself, claim yourself. So what does that mean to choose yourself? It's pretty simple to ask, if I chose me, what would I do? If I was standing up for me, what would I do? If I loved me, what would I do? If I stopped repeating the same patterns I always find myself in, what would I do? And then you do it. It's pretty easy, right? And I just really liked that. It made me think about just finding other patterns that I find myself in and kind of getting out of it and being actively looking out not in a selfish way, but in like an empowering way to be like, oh, I need to choose myself first versus looking out for everyone. Once you get into the people-pleasing world and all the other things, those are kind of avoidance tactics, really. So when you're actively choosing yourself, then it comes from a place of empowerment and a place of power and choice. And when you love yourself, that's when you are really making choices and able to advocate for yourself. So I really like that when he says, like, if I loved me, what would I do? And then it's very straightforward. And I was like, oh, I like that. And hopefully you can have some food for thought on that quote from Mark Groves. And with that, I will see you guys next week. Don't forget to follow on Dating in the Bay Instagram, Dating in the Bay on Twitter, and you can DM me with any listener questions you might have. And I'll see you guys super soon. Bye. Bye.